0: Hey, everybody. This is a very special Zoom. I'm in my fortress in Antarctica, sitting at a bar. If I turn this over, there's a bunch of uh, drinks. You can't see it anyways. But we have Patrick recovering from a skiing accident at home, our Zoomologist. (laughs) Hello. And we have Chaz off in a car somewhere.
1: By the ocean, uh, doing my side
0: gig. But we are thrilled. We're thrilled. Uh, I'm not going to touch this because I don't want to turn myself up. We're thrilled to have back, this time not at the studio, a little farther away. Just a little. <laughs> Just a little. But we're very thrilled to have all the way from Paris, uh, Vicky Rumler's back. Hey, Vicky. Hey,
2: great to see you again. So,
0: dumb banal question because I have to ask, we got pounded yesterday. How's the weather by you?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, well, it's been sunny the last couple of days. Pretty cold, uh, not quite freezing, but but really bright sun, and and you don't get much snow in Paris anyway, so yeah, it's been, a, you know, pretty rainy the last couple of weeks, but we got sun for the past couple of days, so
0: we're it's loving that. Sure I'm booked on asking weather questions. Yeah, I
2: know, well, I remember it there, you know, I wish I'd been there around the holidays I was going to go, but then it ended up getting postponed, so Yeah.
0: So what, uh, how did you go from Rochester to ending up in Paris?
2: Um, it was kind of a roundabout route because I lived in uh, Rochester for many years and I actually went to high school, junior high and high school in Miami. My family moved down to Miami. For a few years, so that was crazy weather wise too that was a change <laughs> and then I went to Williams College in Massachusetts, and after I graduated, I thought i, I want to learn languages. that's something that I really want to do, you know so I went um, my sister was living in Germany at the time, and I went and stayed with her for a couple months. So was learning German for a while, and I thought, "Oh, this is cool, I'm really liking the European thing, you know." And it was kind of like I always kind of followed the flow. You know, I ended up getting a job there. I was there almost five years. And then through that job, I got a job in Paris. So I'm like, yeah, I want to learn French, you know? So I thought, ah, I'll stay there six months, you know? And it's been over 20 years now. So (laughs) (laughs) that's the way things kind of happen, you know?
0: I just wish I was better at languages. I can bonjour about that. (laughs) That's good.
2: Yeah, oh, well, that's definitely. one reason I went because I because I knew I would never actually speak it if I didn't force myself to. You know, I think you full, have to, full immersion,
0: And <laughs> I am no authority on this, but I think I know my mom when she took a Latin said you you use it or you lose it.
2: Totally. Yep. Even but- now. But what Mm -hmm. I would do,
0: like I used to love when I lived at Alexandria to go to DuPont Circle in Washington because the bookstore is great. Mm. So me being like Mr. Smarty, there's one thing, there's a French owner. So he's like, speak French. So I just try a little and he assumes I can. So all of a sudden he just goes (laughs) off and I probably said something like I want to eat a shoe. Probably,
2: (laughs) probably. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, good for you. But yeah, yeah, no, it's one of those things you really have to keep. Working on it all the time. All right. Yeah,
0: yep. That's why I said, I mean, you've been recording for a long time, but the one album that sticks out is Twinkle because I can actually pronounce the title. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but how did you like what were your. And we'll cover some stuff. Obviously, we did before because of short attention spans in the public. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, okay. We have to update everybody, but yeah. What were some of your influence? How did you get into? I've always thought that people just who are creative have a calling to be creative, and you find some way to be creative. Hmm. How did you just get into the music biz and decide? And what were some of your influences? Um. Well,
2: uh, yeah, I've always kind of been outside the box, you know, because I went to Williams College, I actually majored in music, but I never thought I would actually do music. You know, I did have an acapella group, I directed an acapella group there. But then I thought, oh, man, I got to get a real job, you know, but then I decided to go to Europe and I actually ended up working in a record company for a few years. I thought music, okay, I majored in music, I'll work for a record company, which it wasn't like the right fit at all but I did work for um, BMG in Munich and MCA Universal in Paris so um, at some point I thought yeah okay I'm singing and I was singing I did like a cabaret group in Munich with all these like costume changes and slideshows it was pretty wacky and uh, (laughs) got started doing more jazz in Paris and then I thought, you know, I'm doing this like music marketing and stuff like that. And it's just not working. I'd rather do the music than, than, you know, market it, market other people's music. So I thought I would just start little by little. You know, I started performing in bigger places, did a lot of acapella for a while, kind of semi-professional. And then I just thought, okay, I got to go for it. You know, I'm young enough. And I, in the beginning, I, le- I left my, Office job with Universal, and I was translating and doing music for a while because uh um uh, there was always a need for like English translators, translating for record companies, you know, liner notes and biographies and stuff like that. So then at some point the music just got more important. I was getting more gigs doing music and and writing lyrics too, because I sometimes write lyrics in English for for French singers. So that kind of became this thing where I just kind of slid into it and it felt, you know, much more, it was a much better fit than like doing the marketing and the the office job. And so the plan has kind of supported me.
0: You have no plan, but you just get up, you end up where you want to be.
2: Yeah, I guess I had a vague plan. I was like, I think I'll go to Paris and maybe do some singing, you know, but I didn't think it would turn into this real thing
1: with all these different groups. And so, yeah, yeah. Crazy. So do,
0: you, <laughs> you, um, do you know
1: any other uh, like-minded American expatriates that are musicians over there, or are you uh, far and few between with uh, your journey mm. there? There are quite a few. Yeah,
2: there are there are expats from different countries. There's um, quite a, a relatively big, like American Canadian population community here, and there are quite a few Italian, great Italian musicians. singers um there's also kind of a big brazilian community on the music scene here so uh yeah i guess paris is kind of considered like a pretty rich and like open place to go and do music you know like it was in the 50s with chet baker would hang out in paris and you know um... you know there's
0: a book I really like and I don't know the author we can look it up these days It's called fireworks at dawn or fireworks at dusk and it's about Paris in the 1930s and I think even like you get a little bit about the Woody Allen movie midnight in Paris when they went back and all the creative people it just (laughs) seems like you know you are you get to one of those things where it's like I want to be a writer or something you want to go off to a Parisian cafe (laughs) yeah you don't yep. know most people don't say that about where we live in terms of like <laughs> the first place. <laughs> They come here for the weather. Yeah, the East, Paris. yeah no,
1: know, yeah.
0: <laughs> Right. Yeah.
1: Paris, so I'm, so... I'm gonna retire there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. The there uh, you go. Yeah. And
2: and I don't know if you're familiar with Josephine Baker. She was just oh, yes. um yeah. Inducted like into the Pantheon with um. Uh, honored in the Pantheon, where they have um you know all of the the most famous artists and former you know diplomats, heads of state, and she was the first black woman to be you
1: know her remains were. I guess she they had a special ceremony. for also court. be uh, um, speaking of Rochester, rochester uh, Um Yeah, she was. Oh, yeah, Josephine Baker was from Rochester. Uh I uh one of those famous uh african American flappers,
0: and there's not that many well, let me. Right. <laughs> that.
2: okay, that could be could be so oh, but yeah, so, so you
0: think of a lot of the African Americans they were treated like crap here, and they weren't yes. appreciated, so they went abroad, and people maybe appreciate them a little bit more as expats, yeah, but the one Absolutely. thing I don't get about France for all the creative things, all this, how could they adore like Jerry Lewis? <laughs> Or like Mickey York. I mean, he was good in The Wrestler, but still, I mean, you don't.
2: (laughs) It's great that you say that, because just like a couple days ago, I was watching Jerry Lewis. I had this like Jerry Lewis binge night. (laughs) I don't know
0: what was up with that. Okay, Pat had a Rob Zombie one. I don't know which one would be more. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I could never get it. to me, he's annoying. Hi,
2: (laughs) lady. Yeah, his voice is seriously annoying.
0: But it actually. Yeah, for penance every year for all my sins. Go on, Chase.
1: Before uh, this is all said and done.
0: Well, for all my sins, I would watch the Jerry Lewis telethon for 24 hours and figured I could get away with anything. I could be a libertine the rest of the year because I had paid. <laughs> for you <laughs> good for you yeah
2: but, yeah, but I, was... I guess
0: they, you know they're open though i guess i suppose that's a thing for openness where they people look at different things maybe even they like joe bessers three stooges episode but at least they're accepting enough to watch and check things out you know determine if they like them they're not like here where it's got to be commercial or it stinks mm.
2: yeah yeah well i think they are receptive to like all the uh the weird faces that he made you know like the uh, the kind of slapstick thing that Maybe kind of
0: catty ja end- and that type of thing with the physical humor because he was really yeah. if you like mr bean go watch jock ja Tatty, who movies
2: yeah and there's another guy named louis de funes who was who had was really into that. that was that was a big part of his style too and I've actually noticed that Jerry Lewis's voice he's got that whiny voice and when you hear like a commercial in French sometimes that's like their their go-to voice for an announcer like hey so like, cool. I mean I was talking to
0: Patrick a little and the thing was we're at the age where like for me i I can't get into a lot of different films and everything. The thing I've actually liked was Green Book lately. Mm. But I think, like, you go for, like, the foreign, like, your true foes and all these. They told stories, and I always used to look at, like, foreign movies and go, you can never make this in America. They would have, because the ending's too dark, they would have to make it a happy ending, or there'd have to be explosions. (laughs) You just would never be able to do this.
2: Yeah, right? Nobody telling the world. I like movies
0: about nothing. (laughs) You know, I like movies about... I'll just say about nothing, about like lives where people, like in terms of like American films, I watched The Simple Plan again, and it's simple. A couple guys are out, they find a plane with hijacked money, they decide to keep it. Simple plot, but the emotions of what goes on is like more complex, and I think that's more of the French films and stuff.
2: Yeah, for sure. You know, like, yeah. You know, the nuance. They're all about yeah, nuance. Nuances. Yeah,
0: I mean, you could speak on that. I mean, that's like probably theater, like Patrick's, probably a little more than like your commercial acting because you can actually do these different roles,
2: mm.
0: you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. bring something not mainstream to the fold. Mm-hmm.
2: That's a yes, <laughs> yeah, and theater is huge in, in France, I guess. I mean, yeah.
0: Well, pretty, how's your theater. COVID there now, like in terms of like your restrictions? Because like I think we're going back here to the RPO just called off January. We're getting nailed pretty good now. So how are you mm. doing?
2: Yeah, I was wondering about the situation there with the with the arts in uh in the US in Rochester. Okay. Um they haven't canceled um things at this point. They're just kind of Trying to see how things are gonna go. And apparently, but I mean the, yeah, the Omicron has been really, you know, bad in Europe. A lot of people testing positive and um uh but as far as I know, they haven't canceled too many shows. Um, they're really being careful. There's a lot of testing. Apparently, there's a shortage of testing in the states too. But here you can get tested on any street corner in Paris, basically. The rapid tests. So yeah. maybe that helps.
0: I think it does, but I think also we touched upon that. I think a part, I know a lot of like young artists I work with now, the thing is just to getting, we're trying what we can do and it's tough these days because of COVID obviously too, but just getting the foot in the door and getting an audience. And then I think once you start doing that, then I think your music speaks for itself. You One person tells another person, another person tells another person. Mm-hmm. But I think for you too, I tried to listening to a bunch of your music. You're, you are eclectic. That's the thing. But I picture, like, you know, the hot club of Cowtown or whatever they called it, like some French cafe, some jazz singer, like low lights and everything.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's
0: what you, yep. but I visualize. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's true. I've done a lot of that. I've done a lot of, you know, doing standards. And actually, even I started before they had like the no smoking law. So I was really doing the like the basement jazz club with people smoking two (laughs) feet away from you. You know,
0: France has a no smoking law.
2: (gasps) Yeah, and that—I mean—that was probably. I don't remember when they instituted that no smoking law but before that what was it maybe like 15 years ago or something but when i first came here yeah i was doing the whole thing oh.
0: <laughs> yeah, now i wasn't even, smoking even if we do theater i think like if they use a cigarette as a prop they pretend to light it and they don't mm-hmm. do exactly oh there's
3: that. there's prop cigarettes you can get there's like these elect. they're basically like they're they're e-cigarettes but they're just they just use water vapor mm-hmm. um because we did, I did a show a few years ago. We had we had a scene where where people had to smoke, and that's what they used. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, you just kind of use the lighter and put your hand mm-hmm. around it, because you don't want yeah. to set it on fire. Because they're very expensive.
2: <laughs> right. That's yep. That's true. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So Paris has uh, yeah. It's been quite the experience, really, between the small clubs and then the theaters and festivals. There are actually a lot of small festivals I don't know if they're quite as many in the states but these like you know like in a small village that's dead all year long and then in the summer there's a festival and all these people like come out of the woodwork and volunteer to help with the festival and they get you know local musicians and some bigger names and that's a really big thing in France it's a really nice oh Vicky
1: I'm going to one of those in your where your alma mater is up by North Adams
2: Oh.
1: Indie Rock Festival this summer with uh the band Wilco.
3: Uh-huh. Uh
1: so North Adams springs to life with uh like 10,000 people for about 4 days and Okay, no right. Life, uh, and people okay. can't. But yeah, that's the same thing here.
2: Okay. Yeah. I guess I didn't seem to remember there were quite as many, but yeah, it's probably the same kind of thing. Right. And we, we have all the local wines and cheeses that we taste mm. whenever we go to one of those festivals. So that's cool.
0: <laughs> oh, that's why I wouldn't live in France. Cause I'd weigh like 600 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> everything. But One of my friend, Oz, my good friend, Oz, he's from Brock, he's from Batavia. And what he used to say to me was when they would have shows there, everybody would go because there was nothing else to do so when you had like a festival or a music show everybody came out
2: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you definitely get that vibe
0: like like around here i think sometimes in the summer non-covid times where two festivals were festivaled out because it's just too much Mm, okay Anymore. You can only because I used to stay out like for Jazz Fest. I'd get the whole week off and I would stay out, hang with the musicians till seven in the morning. <laughs> but wow, but, you know, yeah. but I can't do that anymore. And I made some good friends, so I still am in contact, which which is good for this show because now I hit up everybody I know. <laughs> right? You know?
1: Yeah. Rob yeah. Knows, yeah. knows where the after party is. Rob knows where the after parties are, right? Rob. Yeah,
0: that's <laughs> at the, the Rochester Plaza Hotel. There's a jam yeah. session till dawn. Oh.
1: <laughs> Cool. Yeah, but now
0: what they did the last couple of years, obviously, because of COVID, we canceled it. Then they had something last year. I think mm. they hit it out of MCC, RIT or something. And I just know I don't want to, I still don't want to go near crowds or anything. Yeah. You know, and I wish them well, and I know it's a very tough time. But that's one thing as an artist, when this hit, and you probably were like a lot of us, well, app eh, it'll go away in a month. <laughs> you know. But how did this affect you and your career as an artist in terms, and how did you deal with it?
2: Um, well, I have to say I was extremely lucky, really, on, on many different levels, because first of all, in France, there's a whole system in place that supports the artists, you know, like they recognize that, that being a musician is actually a profession, you know, (laughs) make your living. Yeah. So there's this whole support system in place. Um, and the government stepped up and, and like bailed out these musicians for like a year, you know, um, yeah, so, we don't have
0: that over here, like in right. terms of like the hearts or anything. It's like you're on your own. Starve. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. And actually, I think, uh, Canada's a little kinder to musicians, but yeah, we're we're pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah I know.
0: Canada. Look at a lot of like uh, films where it's like made possible by the Canadian Lottery or something. Mm-hmm. And I know they have, like, I think Ireland has write-offs if you contribute artistically. I think the Netherlands do. Hmm
2: a little bit yeah um belgium has a really good system actually
0: and you have good chocolate too that's like my favorite chocolate <laughs> and beer
2: the beer's not bad either <laughs> but um yeah germany has a little bit of support but otherwise italy spain not not much at all so i had that support system and then i started doing the online thing too a lot of artists were like you know Am I going to do online things or not? And, and I did that. I embraced it, you know, and, um and it was, it was kind of fun. I was doing uh what I call Vicky Sunday stream. I would do a, like a Facebook yep. live show every Sunday evening. Um, evening Paris time. Yeah, so you were on some my people.
0: concert schedule for a while. It was just too funny. If you looked at like a pocket calendar and the uh-huh. whole week was all friend shows, the whole week was live streams.
2: Oh yeah, my yeah. Friend, there's
0: a couple of them. my friend Alyssa made a shirt, the Comfy Couch Tour. And when I saw her touring, I said, okay, when you see this, Do you have good memories or bad memories? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) How is that too when you're not like, in terms of feedback, I know it was like tough for a lot of like, I know my one friend, Amy, she did it in Nashville. She just got sick of it because there was no give and take from the audience, obviously. And she didn't want to read the comments because she started reading the comments and forget to play.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, it's definitely a different, different ball of wax, you know? Um, uh, in the beginning, it was, it was really freaky. Um, cause I did miss that interaction, but then it, it actually turned out being pretty fun, you know, cause, cause it, it forced me to show up. I did it every week. So I had to get together some new material. It was like a half hour every week. And, um, I would see the comments and I, I got to where I could, you know, perform and still kind of keep an eye on the comments. And it was fun. It was people from all over the world, you know, so. Uh, Responses would be delayed or whatever. I'd ask him I mean, something. It's and...
0: amazing these days how we can sometimes. I think before it was a problem, like say 40 years ago, way before I was born, it was <laughs> a problem to <with> get stuff. <laughs> Shut up, I'm the host. Uh, uh, it was hard to get stuff out. Now it's almost. There's so much to get out. Like, we have listeners. We get stuff from, like, Canada and people listening. It's like, mm. and I don't know how they find us, but they do. And I suppose word of mouth and everything else. And it's like, mm. but sometimes you have to dig through because you can get buried in the pile because there's just so much out there. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think some of these services help because, like, whatever that one is where I had the zombies playing and the music they recommended for me was way out orbit. Like, how did they come up? Okay, I'm listening to the zombies. How did they come up with this?
2: <laughs> yeah, boggles the mind, honestly. Or put Todd yeah.
0: Rundgren down and be surprised what you get because they don't know what to make of them.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, right. Yeah.
0: <sighs> but yeah, like, now, Chairs, what would you like sort of just Pat, if you've listened to some of Vicky's stuff? How would you describe? Because I ain't you are. Eclectic is the best way I can describe it. I yeah, I know. Yeah, it. I can't. You know, uh, yeah. It's I'm really
3: bad at that. Uh, I, I feel like um,
0: these are, and, a fan and I
3: feel a like a, a lot of musicians teams are, teams are teams. not fans of being categorized anyway. Um,
0: so good music or bad music is yeah. what I say, but I still yeah. want to put like for our listeners to give like a <laughs> sort of a clue, and then you can find out by yourself by buying her stuff, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> hmm.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was beautiful music, and that's, you know, I think the best way to describe it, you know? And <laughs> me,
1: yeah, I, I only know you existed for about three days now, and I've been doing <laughs> um, I was just watching a, a video you did uh, with a song I thought was a very um, unusual title, uh, Spirit Snake. Oh, yeah.
0: And, uh, What's the American translation?
1: Spirit Animals of, like, you know sparrows or hawks or whatever uh uh snake's kind of badass it's like a dragon or something like that hey
3: i love it yes you're right you're right here we go you had to say the d word you had to say the d word
0: (laughs) how did you come up with that so like a little deep dive how did you come up with that so you could tell Chaz.
2: (laughs) yeah no that's that's there's a real story behind it because i think maybe last time i was on the show it was just before i went to do this wilderness artist residency did i tell you about that
0: i think i I, uh, I don't listen to our shows because i hate how i sound so
2: (laughs) 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 all right it
0: was a really good episode though
2: I, I thought it was fun. Anyway, oh, no, and Andy, I, you
0: know, Andy's a meister when there's nothing you do wrong on there.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it was great. A really great memory of it. But so, yeah, in September 2020, I did an art wilderness artist residency on the Upper Peninsula, Michigan. And um, so I was living by myself in, in a cabin, log cabin for two weeks with no power, no running water. And um, I thought, OK, I'm just going to. You know, get into it. Just do songwriting. That was the deal. And um see what I come up with. And and just before I left, a friend said, Oh, you gotta keep an eye out for your for your spirit animal. I'm like, what? He said, Yeah, yeah, it's gonna give you all this um, um <laughs> <laughs> In what direction for your life or whatever, you know, <laughs> the whole time I was looking for an animal and I, I didn't see that many because it was bear season. So all the bears were hiding, you know, they didn't want to get shot. And um, I saw a couple chipmunks, but I thought that that can't be a spirit animal, you know, but the, like the very last day I saw this baby snake um, and it turned out, I looked it up and it turned out to be a pretty rare Snake, a really unusual one. And I thought oh, maybe that one's got a message for me, you know. And I started looking at all the like um, symbolism about snakes and everything, and it's it's mostly about transformation, you know, change. Yeah,
1: because
2: you know, they shed their skin. Oh yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. And uh, depend-
0: or eat their tail. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know, you know, the- well, I guess like the eagles, they took the name of the band yeah. because it was like a high on the spirit animal right. list.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I thought I've never been a big fan of snakes, but I thought this is really interesting because depending on what culture, I mean, different cultures see them as as like this, you know, uh, something that's really good or something that's really bad. You know, so I thought that's that there's was interesting to, and
0: everything the and duality.
2: Yeah. Like some some cultures really celebrate them because they're a sign that it's going to be a good harvest or something. And then there's a the whole Adam and Eve thing, you know, that they're evil. So oh, yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting because I, I don't know. Combination of different <laughs> things. Kind of like my music. With
0: a pair to like sin. <laughs> it's like You eat a pear. okay? <laughs> go, don't blame you snake. And it was yeah, a serpent, right? anyways. They always say snake, but it was a serpent, so we don't know what the heck it was. Because yeah. of course it was literate too. <laughs> I don't to it.
1: There's a Emily an Emily Dickinson poem about a snake, and she calls him a narrow fellow in the grass, but it ends with it chilling her chilling her bones because she's. She was a scaredy cat of them, but it's a nice little poem.
0: Mm-hmm. This is why we I have see. him on, so that. we stay above like the the B grade material <laughs> that I'm going to give you. <laughs> but you, two, okay, we'll put you on like Patrick or Chase. What would your spirit animals be?
1: My oh, spirit? you know, I have a joke. Because, silent. Um, no, no, go, silent,
0: no, Coach. I, I'm
1: a, I'm a, I'm not a millennial or a, barely a Gen Z. I'm kind of a boomer, so I don't have any tattoos. But I always <laughs> joke to my friends like. <laughs> I'm gonna get a raccoon uh, with a tipped over trash can on my arm. And it's kinda of like <laughs> my joking spirit animal. Uh, yeah,
2: there you go. Like so mm-hmm. they're
1: very um unpretentious and sort of sloppy. Like like me. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> you can have a spider, Patrick, yeah. just because you know you yeah, like spider. Sure. Man. Yeah. Cool. I, I did yeah. Really. I, No, but now, like I've noticed, like the first recording I've seen of yours, looking at your discography, was like 1997. I think am I sort of right?
2: Oh, really? What recording is that? It was the one I found. Oh, with Rue Blanche? Maybe with this with this vocal group, this group named Rue Blanche.
0: (laughs) I think so. (laughs) But yeah, you've been doing this a long time, and everything. I
2: have. Yeah. How was the
0: recording process then compared to now?
2: Um, well, there, there wasn't the whole, you know, like a home studio system at all. You know, you had to go into the studio and we had a nice studio for that one a little outside of Paris and a guy, you know, that was making coffee there and, uh, you know, tuning the piano and taking care of everything. We just sat there and, and sang, you know, what a concept. I mean, now, <laughs> now I do a lot of recording myself, you know, on pro tools or garage band or, you know, but that, we didn't even have that at the time, or it was just the beginning of it, maybe.
0: Don't one know exactly when. Stories. I've been doing recordings at Andy's studio with Adriana Noon. We've been doing some stuff. So I tossed them out to friends, and I heard my one friend said, Wow, yeah, really good guitar player. There was Andy on the machine. <laughs>
2: oh, really? <laughs>
0: wow (laughs) that's how things are these days you can do like it's amazing how pretty soon pretty soon we're going to have another beatles concert with these holograms probably and they Mm -hmm. won't even be there can you imagine technology doing that we'll have all these old bands that have been gone for years
1: (laughs) From what i what what little i know about listening to uh vicky i wouldn't peg her as a uh drum machine midi type uh person pretty uh analog which uh is incredibly respectable. Uh yeah. am I am I in that?
2: Yeah, that's yeah. As as far as my own music goes, definitely. Yeah. But I I have been a part of this uh a vocal group that uses a lot of like loops and effects on the vocals and stuff and vocal percussion. It's a group called Les Grandes Gueules or like the Big Mouths and uh they really worked on that stuff for a lot so so I've kind of been there, but for my own music, no, no, pretty pretty straight up acoustic analog. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Any
1: no, you, like uh, you, uh, 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 desert island discs, like record albums that you uh, could could uh, come up with that would be favorite records or anything like that? Hmm. Classic jazz records or pop records or?
2: Yeah. Well, let's see. Um... I like uh, Mel Torme, Schubert Alley, (laughs) and uh, well, these are really eclectic once again, you know, Um, Doobie Brothers.
1: Wow.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hard to believe. And let's see, uh, like maybe some Shirley Horn kind of thing, you know, Shirley Horn. Yeah.
0: I think all the great artists, actually, like when I say eclectic, you always bring the kitchen sink in, in terms of influences, where somebody will go, ah, like some person might just like all straight country or something, you know, somebody who likes just all metal, but the really interesting artists, if it's good music, you veer toward it, it could be, like you said, the Doobie Brothers and Shirley Horn. (laughs)
2: Right, (laughs) Yeah, I like take six too because I was just listening to them again over yeah, the holidays, cool. and I was just uh, yeah, tear whenever I tear up. I would have
1: never guessed the Doobie Brothers in a million years. <laughs> <laughs> actually, when I was in a garage band, there was a one of the guys we had was like a rich guy, rich boy compared to us, and he he had actually a guitar that was owned by Jeff Skunk Baxter, mm-hmm. so he was guitars the game for early on, and it was like a it was like one of the, an Arthurian sword. I mean, the part <laughs> of, of that <laughs> we thought. So,
0: wow! Well, I had like when I was just listening to the other night. I was listening I, in a very big mood for Carol King's tapestry, and generally respecting the songwriting. But I was listening to that, then I was listening to ZZ Top's first album. <laughs> so right yeah like about music there's like i call it it's gateways you find something you go down this path and this path like for me from nick lowe jesus of cool took me over the hump and started like getting into all kinds just like coltrane did for jazz for me mm-hmm. you
2: know
3: we we're going yeah. to
0: my suburban catholic school if you didn't like certain bands you were definitely weird
2: oh, right. <laughs> you know what oh, you wants to
0: at that age the one the faceless dudes with the one word name from the 70s basically <laughs>
2: yeah no there are just so many i mean yeah probably have some like prince there too or uh... oh well,
0: he's a master i mean he's like oh i remember like one of the, actually a favorite album of mine from is i liked uh around the world in a day because it was so psychedelic and i like madhouse because of the jazz
2: mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i think he
0: played everything i think he played like he could play every instrument
2: yeah yeah
3: he played like 30 instruments or something. You know, he played he
0: had so much music
3: where he played everything. Mm-hmm. True true genius.
0: Yeah. And the question I always ask in terms of artists who do their own songs and covers, I think when you do covers, and from what I've heard, and i never heard another Pink Panther song, so I don't know, but you <laughs> sort of like, you do your own, but you sort of make the covers your own too. You're not like a tribute band. Mm. I think that's what I like because okay like my my good friend Rob Mount he played with Lou Graham and he did like a tribute but people come they want to hear it, you know, or they want to hear it like if the other band is playing, but if you come out to see just an artist do their take on it, they want to see like your take and how you put your own personal spin on it that's what I get from your music that I've heard.
2: Mm. Well, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I've always kind of thought, why would you sing sing it the same way they sang it? You know, you're not the same person. You don't have the same voice. So why try to do it the way they do it? So I just usually really go totally in a different direction. Yeah.
0: And I think like, hey. I'll go like my my friend Kim Drahan said, we're you know, music should be for everyone. So if there's a great song out mm. there and you want to go try, I mean, he like, he used to say like he could write about three good songs a year and there's all these great songs out there. Mm-hmm. so why not, you know, yeah. And that's the way it should be, I mean, I'm being idealistic, obviously, there's the business and everything else, but that's how I think it should be.
1: You know, it's funny, me and Rob have had this conversation before, Uh, uh I'm a garage, band. I'm not a talented musician like Vicky, but garage band guy, back, mm-hmm. then, I, he was and,
0: quite the keen idol, uh, though, you should have seen, I worked
1: for the, the guy who was in a cover band, and he was into. Technically recreating the music just like it sounded, so he could please, you know, drunk crowds in, in bars and play at weddings and stuff like that. And he, uh, it's a little bit condescending to me. so like, Why do you, why do you try to write original, uh, stuff? There's like, there's no money in it, like, because he's thinking, mm. he's thinking the quick, the quick win to, yeah, to that, play yeah. songs and stuff. So it's a different mindset with those sort of, um, cover band musicians, I think, different motivation too. I think.
2: Yeah, that's true. And it, it is kind of tricky with jazz too, because a lot oh, of people yeah. say, why don't you just sing the standards? You know, because it's true. I mean, it's it's fascinating to sing standards, but if you want to try and kind of go in a different direction, it's it's harder to to make a mark, you know.
1: No, oh, so. and the, the ones that were the the giants of jazz, they weren't trying to conform, they were um subverting being iconoclasts too. Don't so mm-hmm. forget that. Mm -hmm.
0: And I think out of all the musical genres, jazz is like so creative, they all are, but that you have such freedom because there's so much improv. And I remember seeing our friend Herb Smith, he was on the show, I saw one of his concerts with his trio, and he just stopped after he played one song and said, this is the best version we've ever done because it's all improv and you're playing off somebody, and there's that room for creativity where it's like you might go half an hour or you might go three minutes, depends how you feel and where it goes, you know. So, it's just something different, yeah. I think our guests might be frozen. <laughs> oh, no, I think we might. Oh, oh okay, Talk,
1: I'm here.
3: Uh yeah, I think um Yeah, so uh,
1: Transatlantic uh shop might be pull down here. If I
3: have any Oh oh you know what? I got it Okay. Yeah, she's out of the she's out of the room, so hopefully she'll come back in. I didn't have my thing up, but um in the meantime, what's going on with you, Chaz?
1: Doing good. You know, I've been, uh, I'm working and I think a coworker might have COVID and I'm, I'm amazed. I'm knock on wood. I've dodged it. It's been two and a half years. And I think, yeah, right. I, I thought I did too. <laughs> so, uh, no, I don't want to say inevitable, but yeah. when I get it, I hope it's just double-pron and, um, I'm prepared. So, and, but you know, I'm thinking chicken broth. The Buffalo Bills go Bills. That was their secret weapon.
3: Oh my God. I, I, yeah, that, um, that hopefully not, uh, hopefully, uh, not a fluke. Uh, oh, she's back. Hold on. Let me get her back in. There we go. We're going to talk about, uh, Josh Allen's, uh, astounding run. Uh, you,
1: right. Well. <laughs> <hey>. <laughs>
3: oh, good. We were, Hello? we were, we were almost talking about football. So that's uh, a good thing. It's a good thing you're
2: back. Mm. Oh my gosh, that was wild. Uh, okay. Was like so aliens, aliens invaded my computer.
3: It <laughs>
0: totally man, bugged. It. Had it had it been rebooted. Been so the the screen so went to pink. living and everything.
2: The screen went pink. It went eh, yeah. and then it rebooted.
0: Well, you're anyway. back, and that's the important part.
2: Okay, what did I miss? Yeah,
0: you were, we were really at a literally nothing. <laughs> <You're> literally <laughs> a plumber <laughs> plumber uh,
2: something I might,
3: something maybe I should cut out. Uh, nothing. Nobody, matters. nobody, nobody, nobody has, we all have deep voices, so nobody
1: could impersonate you. No, oh yeah, you gone. did.
3: You did ask Vicky a. We did ask Vicky a question, I believe, before she cut out, and then uh, I, I can't remember what you said. Now we we'll, I can't. But, reading,
0: uh, something about I covering your th- original material. But yeah, that the song should be for everyone. There's so many good songs out there and you might be like something. Go, Wow, I could really do a good spin on this. This might mm. be really cool.
2: Hmm. Yeah, there are some like that. And it was interesting when I was doing the Sunday stream because I had to do generate some new material every week. So I'm like, oh, is there a cover that I can do? You know, <laughs> so I did come up with a couple of fun things. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's what nice to balance. Fun. My own songs let's with, with covers.
1: If paid you for to go, okay, you got to go on stage for a half an hour and you can't do anything that you've ever done before. You just have to completely make it up on the spot. Um, <laughs> how would you feel about that? Would you be, be game to do that?
2: Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, welcome to the world of how we do this <laughs> show, pretty <laughs> much. Yeah. This is right. every time we do this.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. We've been yeah. musically too now. What do you play and like how, like, what about your band and who have you played with in terms of your band and musicians and stuff?
2: Um, well, let's see. Uh, depending on the project, like my second album, M.I. Am, it was kind of like a jazz pop quintet. So I had like a Greek guitarist that was that did all the arrangements and then Kulentianos on guitar, and then Nico Morelli, an Italian pianist on piano and Rhodes, um, American drummer named Kurt Russ and a French bass player, electric bass. Um, so that was cool. And for my third album, Take Two, it's all duets. So voice and guitar, because I kind of wanted to like um, get down to basics, kind of. I enjoyed the the jazz pop quintet, but I thought, oh, let's do duos, let's do some minimalist also, because it was a it was a f- based on movie tunes, and I couldn't do like any John Williams like huge orchestration or anything. Um, so I thought, okay, I'm going to go the other direction, do duets. So with five different guitarists, um, uh, Lionel Luecki, Uh, We did a version of Smile with Lionel Luecki, a really interesting uh, French Vietnamese guitarist named Nguyen Le. Uh, we did this like. Crazy version of I Wanna Be Loved by You. Um and another really nice kind of Jim Hall style guitarist named Dano Hyder, who's based in France. And um, let's see, Guillerme Montero, who's based in New York, Brazilian guy, and an Italian guy named Federico Casagrande. So it was interesting, very international, too. Uh and then the cabin songs, I recorded them all by myself. I accompanied myself on piano. For two songs, and I accompany myself on guitar for the rest of the songs. So, and I do a lot of vocals. I just layered a lot of vocals. It was really fun because I thought, okay, I'm alone in the cabin, so I'm just gonna, you know, work on vocals and add a lot of funny noises and stuff like
0: that. So, but your spirit mm-hmm. animal snake a, would come in. Uh, <laughs> would yeah, save. this is
1: a list of famous uh, uh, albums made by artists uh, done in isolation. Yeah. Some of those are great. Uh, There's a guy, an English indie guy named Robin Hitchcock who did a record called, I Dream of Trains, which is just him and a piano hidden out somewhere like you. And it's really cool. It's uh, ambient and and Spartan and everything. So
0: Mm you seem to be like, I think I would describe like you're sort of a musical explorer where you don't rest on your laurels. You do one thing, you do it well, but then you go, Okay, I want to do this. I want to try something different. I want to try duets. I want to try movie themes. You ever done yeah. a Christmas album yet? Thankfully, I don't think. No. <laughs> you have to have done some songs.
2: <laughs> I did on the on the live stream, I did a few, you know, did my own yeah, take on them. Um, you, know, when you
0: can make them sound cool by singing them in French and everything.
2: Yeah. So I mean I've kind of thought about that because everyone kind of says, Oh, i will do a Christmas album, but or Mm, I don't know about that, but people have said I should do a children's album too.
1: There's enough Christmas stuff on the pile there. Uh, if there was an all Christmas
0: radio station, I wouldn't listen to it. No, it starts like in November around here and they play the same songs. and You just don't want to go near it. Yeah, I, I only listen to classical in my car now. That's all, Like for some reason, I just listen to the classical channel. Mm-hmm. And I know nothing oh. about classical music but I love it so it's just you know that's what I always say it's like you don't have to really know much about it because I don't but I like it <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. yeah it's great yeah it's wonderful yeah but guess if I did a Christmas album I would like try and write new Christmas songs you know write songs about snow and you know or like the the yeah. river Joni Mitchell you know that's a beautiful tune mm-hmm
0: oh Oh, yes I mean I like the obscure stuff but let's talk now especially because we're here now let's go up to the present about the new work you have coming out and can you explain all this and how it came about and what it's like and
2: yeah so it's the it's the cabin songs basically that I that I wrote um either I wrote them entirely during this wilderness artist residency or I I got the inspiration I wrote a few lines and then I fleshed them out over a year because, for the residency, I had a year to actually come up with a project you know fully finished project so um so I spent the the whole year of twenty twenty basically twenty twenty yeah um recording fleshing them out writing the lyrics and um getting the it was a good year
0: for considering a lot of stuff we couldn't do
2: i know and yeah. and that's why i called the album leaps and bounds because i really felt like my my art you know progressed by leaps and bounds despite this or maybe because of you know the pandemic it was, it was such a strange experience you know
0: but, I think um, people work differently too in terms of like, okay, like you said, you sort of had a deadline, you had a year. Other people, sometimes like if you have a deadline, it might freak somebody out because and they just go at their own pace. But sometimes your creative juices are forced to come to the front because you know it has to be done.
2: Mm hmm. Yeah. And that was good. And a year was actually a really good amount of time, you know, because, and and I actually did have so many ideas during the residency. I was like scribbling them down, you know, I had so many. So that was just really nice to, to flesh out that inspiration for a whole year. That's what I always
0: do for writing ideas. If I have an idea, I used to always carry a notebook with me and I'd write and everything. And that's how like some of the guys stole. I always use the example of Greg Townsend with the high risers, like the song ATM inside. It came about because his co-writer Nick Cruz drove by a building and it said ATM inside, song. Mm. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Sometimes I think songwriters think different where like everything you see, it's like, I have a dog laying on the couch over there. You could make a song up about the dog laying on the couch.
2: Yeah, for sure. You know, all
0: of us just think dog laying on a couch.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, every experience (laughs) becomes a song. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. And especially in that wilderness setting, it was really, you know, I wrote a song about stars and a song about light coming through the trees because it was just absolutely breathtaking. You know, some of the hikes that I went on by myself, you know, the way the light was filtered through the trees and, and that kind of like inspired this whole song about like searching for the sun, you know. Um, see any meteors? I didn't know. Hmm. Nope. Hmm. next time got to go back there <laughs> i think
0: it's just, i mean i've always said in this crazy age with all our little devices we're always plugged in while we're, we're, we're pounded by the media all over the place everything else well, sometimes it was it's gonna get really worse in.
1: rob the metaverse get ready for the metaverse man You're metaverse a, 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 a whole new outfit <laughs> for it <laughs> I'm following the stock market, and all these people are trying to uh, pawn themselves off as uh, the metaverse, like you're, for kids to uh, capitalize on them, and uh, it's really crazy. <laughs> what, anyway, what what does that mean to them? I mean, <laughs> they want to immerse you in a world where they can control uh, your perception of it and sell things okay. to you, basically.
0: Yeah.
2: Wow. So, yeah.
0: Well, Get this we- <laughs> album.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah no it's um it was it was fabulous because yeah there wasn't any any phone reception either you know obviously no wi-fi no phone reception so i was like i asked the director so where can i make a call she said oh well no we don't really have we don't really use phones here
0: <laughs> isn't that awesome in a way though isn't it for a while yeah <laughs> <laughs> You know, have to. It's like you just get back to the basics, I think, and I think sometimes simplifying life's the way to go, especially in these crazy times. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But else, I think too, and I also for your music, I'd say you would make a perfect soundtrack to like a cool indie film.
2: Oh yeah, wonderful! I would love that. Yep. Hmm.
0: And that's what that's- it sounds like a little bit. I think that would be the kind of I could just picture that. It would be awesome.
2: Hmm. Sure. Oh, I would love so that, anybody bro. out there. Yeah, absolutely. I would totally be up for that. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and that would so, be a thing too, because it sounds like the way you could write about anything. So if they said, okay, here's basically the plot, just run with it. And then you would probably figure it out and just make it your own.
2: Yeah. I think
0: artists work the best when you just give them the freedom. You say, okay, here's the basics. Just run yeah. with it. Let's what you get. You don't put constraints and say, especially people who aren't artistic, say, mm-hmm. okay, it's got to be like this.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's really hard. And uh, yeah, when there are constraints, like when I'm writing for other people, it, it can get tricky if they have a really established idea of what the melody needs to be or something. I'm like trying to fix these lyrics to go with their melody. And it it's better if I kind of, you know, have that freedom and <laughs> do it yeah, and do it the way I want.
0: This way is the better way because this is the way you look. It sounds like this because I think collab, I think one of the problems with some musicians and people too is you have your solo people, but also you have to know how to collaborate with other people and not have an ego. You should have confidence, but if like if some people come to you and say, "Okay, I think this is good. But why don't we try this?" Mm-hmm. and you have to have the confidence to say, "Not be you know, oh, I'm offended. You how dare you question my idea? But, Whoa, you know what? I didn't think of that. That's better." hmm <laughs>
2: yeah yeah it can be tricky for sure yeah
0: you know and everything yeah. but so tell us some more about the album when's it coming out how can people get it what are some of the i'm sure you like every song but what are some of the highlights what did you play mm. on it <laughs> just a piano um, or
2: um yeah so it is um yep i play piano on two songs and guitar on the other nine 11 songs and it's coming out it should be coming out early June uh, on a French label um, so let's see we'll, we'll be getting the information out shortly let's say that
0: <laughs> you have a website I just was on it today yeah
2: sure it'll be available we on can my find website
0: you all over like your website again you can get stuff out that way Sure. How do you like um, yeah. in terms of formats, like in terms of what do you listen to? I mean, I've actually shocked some friends of mine now. They don't have record players or CD players anymore. I feel right.
2: old. Oh. Uh, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So I do you have one or not? <laughs> I do have a CD player. Yeah, I listen to CDs. Sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it'll be available on all the platforms, you know, Spotify and iTunes and Deezer. This is a French. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It'll be out there on all those platforms and through my website too. That would be a good way to do it. And if you want to order one for me personally, I can send it to you and autograph it. And um, yeah, it's kind of nice. Oh. Some people still like to have the object, right. To have the liner yeah. notes and, you know, I, do. I like lyrics. it's
0: fun to me, like the albums and everything. I'm, I grew up like with the, the cool album called like we go in a record store you get burned sometimes, but you only paid a couple bucks in those days that you go in and you see like a cool album cover. And that's how, you know, we used to get around. I was talking to Steve Litbeck, who's a regular on the show about this. And we said, you know, well, you find something that's cool. You tell your friends. So you'd ask your friends, you know, what have you been listening to? No. Yeah, and that's like I was been reading about the early scene in London, like around the 60s. And that's what they would all do. Somebody got a blues album. Everybody got it because it was so hard to get.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's
0: how we heard, word of mouth. And I still do that these days. I'll ask friends, what are they listening to? Mm
1: -hmm. Well, you know, also, it's cool to have, like, I'm thinking, it's cool to get, because if you're a a musician with um, a a very keen audience, but you're not a um, huge star, but you have a a very loyal following, it's cool to get, like, the colored vinyl with the autograph. It's like a tangible... Mm -hmm. um, Mm Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it seems to be pretty big, and uh, people will pay the premium for it. I'll, I'd pay 35 bucks for uh, you know, whoever I like for uh, the, the vinyl, and then it's a keeper, you know, it's uh, yeah. Just-
0: yeah, A lot of friends do that. My friend Kevin Wilcox put out a purple vinyl one, uh, Greg Prevost put out an album last year. So he had a limited white vinyl that went with the vinyl. And Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of cool. I think I believe, like, I don't believe in collecting to uh, make money or anything else. It's just if you, you know, there's no logic to it. If you enjoy collecting something, collecting, you know, collected, if it's cool. It's like my first record that I actually paid for myself was at Gold Circle. It was the Beatles 67 to 70 blue vinyl. And I still have it. And I just like the blue vinyl. I think it's cool. cool.
1: I had the White Album on white vinyl. So we're um, Raven. Wow.
2: Yeah, very cool.
0: You should have like a little like, like a special like one out of every 100 where they have like a snake design for your spirit animal.
2: (laughs) You're right. Yeah. Well, because I did this video spirit snake and but the woman who was doing the editing, she said, Oh, don't put a snake in there. People don't like snakes because I did have a little, you know, film of a snake. So she put it at the very end so you can barely tell what it is, you know. But, yeah, but yeah. hippos
0: kill how many people? They're like all these cute animals, but they'll maul you. You know, Yeah, yeah I
3: mean, th- when you're near one, they're humongous. So they're probably not as cute. But
0: yeah. And snakes, honestly, <laughs> they, why do they bite you? They're because, you're, you know, they're protecting themselves. I mean, mambas, I think, are actually, they'll chase you because they're mean. <laughs> you know, I think most of them, yeah, you step on them. So what are they going to do? It's like, what would you do? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: They're just trying to <laughs> survive. So yeah. I got a quick nature story from uh New Year's Eve. I'm in my car on New Year's Eve, uh doing my security guard job. I sit by a remote beach and the little country mouse is bopping around in the driveway mm-hmm. eating fence. And uh I'm like, Oh hi little guy, happy new year. And then this big fluttering of wings and the uh the great white owl of Nahat came down and landed right near it, and it starts looking at me, and he's chewing on something. <gasps> and I'm not making this up. This is this this happened. So it was like Wild Kingdom right in front of my face. Oh my
0: god. Oh, thank you for that one. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Oh, I've had hawks. I've had hawks in my yard, just burst birds into feathers. And you think about, I become one of those people. I think after the stuff I've been through, I'll like let ladybugs out of the house. I don't want to see anything get hurt or die, but you go, it's the natural order of things. And number two, I'm not going outside to go near this thing either. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow.
2: Yep. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. No, but
0: Cole, what's ahead awesome. for you in terms of like, is there something you want to try different, or you just go wherever the wind blows in terms of your music?
2: Well, no, there are there are albums I would like to make. I mean, I've been thinking about writing an album in French. You know, a lot of people ask me if I write in French, and I I kind of have dabbled in it a little bit, but I never actually went for it you know because it's it's hard it's it's harder well, than write much, in it really
0: france because you live in paris so you do write in france
2: yeah yeah i mean i can write cra- i can spell and everything but as far as doing something poetic that actually um works with the melody it's it's harder because the words are longer in french so you can't just like you know use if, these if, monosyllabic if words handle, night and day day
0: of- cool <laughs> because like i love francois hardy jane burke and all the stuff. Mm-hmm. i have no idea what they're saying but it just sounds nice.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean I'm such a perfectionist about words and lyrics that I might I don't know that would be a really big project. Another project would be to like do a big band album.
0: well there are also awesome. like I'm also too.
2: Yeah. Yeah, well that's the thing. That's just a huge project, but I always liked um do you know this this big band leader from like the 50s whose name is Esquivel? Oh,
3: yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: You know him? Yeah. Crazy. I yeah. love, I love what he does. And if I could do something really kind of zany like that. With well, the Big I mean, Band. number
0: one is Lawrence Welk above everybody. <laughs> 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 But I found this is something I'll make a point of, like, from songwriters, like, I work with Adriana a lot, and the way you are, like, what you said about being very particular about your phrases, like, she'll put stuff in songs, like, there's a line, like, did I wear the right shoes in one song? It's not just, um, bop. You actually pay attention to every word and every verse you're telling a story. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish I yeah. had some of that talent. That's why I do this show because I don't oh, promote... you
2: have a way with you. You're good with words too, definitely. Not in, mm-hmm. no,
0: not in French.
2: No, not anybody want to yeah. do a French
0: phrase. Either of you know France or anything or oh, no, Patrick. I... A little question for you, quick. Could you would you ever consent to like? Would you be able to do a play in another language or like part of it just as a challenge?
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I it would it would take it would be a lot of work, but I would I would do it. Yeah. I've, I've, I had, uh, I'm just trying to think if there's anything I've ever had to do. Um, I, I did, uh, uh, I had a part in All's Well That Ends Well where I got to make up my own language for some lines.
2: <laughs> cool. You made up your own.
3: <laughs> there's a, there's a, yeah, there's a, I'm trying to even remember it. It's so, a, you know, like they're playing a prank on someone and, and there's a character who, who's, of indeterminate uh, uh you know from a made up place and and speaks lines <laughs> in a made up language so um that's the closest i think i've gotten to
1: that i'm in, i'm intimidated by french i could probably uh german it seems modular and like kind of easy but uh, i'm intimidated by kudos to you uh <laughs> But right. I know like when
0: I was in yeah. England, even I like some parts of England you can't understand them because they're like Scotland oh, because yeah. the accent is just so thick. Yes. Yeah, that is that
3: is true.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah there I was some really cool.
2: mm. Yeah, they yeah, like subtitle gone. Scottish films for the for the English film. Or <laughs>
0: Belbert Finney, that's one train spotting too. I think the first yeah. to think train spotting had it. Yeah.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hilarious.
0: Yeah, but I think a lot of people say English is like one of the most whacked languages because of all of our tenses and all the other weird stuff and we make no sense. Well you have <laughs> words that are you have words that are
3: spelled the same and have different pronunciations and meanings. You have words that are spelled differently and have the same pronunciation, you have words it's just mm-hmm. its a mess.
0: <laughs> it's just a messy, mongrel language. And there's a beauty to language, too. I mean, but I know, like, they have, like, the Shakespeare's that are put into modern English, because obviously if people were are reading them, and I don't each their own if they like it. I'm going to be
3: pedantic. I'm going to be pedantic right now.
0: Shakespeare. Thank you, in instead modern. of me.
3: Shakespeare <laughs> is in modern English. <laughs> Shakespeare is in early modern English, but it is modern English. Yeah. You can read all the words and know what they mean.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I know that. But yes, I, you're talking about... I prefer the modern English, obviously. Yeah. But there you can are... even do that do like a Shakespeare play in French.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's
0: what I like. I don't think there's any like thing stopping you. I think you're great. It's going to be great, like seeing what you do through the years still, because everything's really cool.
2: Well, thank you. Yeah. No, it's really, it does feel like there's a lot more that I have, have to do and say. So that's that's really great.
0: I think, a a kind lot of of... Art, I think we're all like that where it's like, we're not going to be able to get it all out. It's all in here.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I found that out mm-hmm. after last year. <laughs> right. You know, and
2: everything yeah.
0: else. But like, even like talking to Andy and all the stuff he does, and you just go, wow, some people, you know, you're mm-hmm. born with a gift for this stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's really awesome.
2: Yeah. You know, you saw, yeah, like, I think, life Chaz, life I
0: think, so do you ever think of hard doing hard. a French album, Chaz, like with the old stuff, like Lotus or anything? Did you ever do any French stuff?
1: oh i'm so alien to um the, the french culture i i'm an english i'm an anglo guy and uh i'm not competing i just i'm amazed i'm intimidated by it i i uh i did take latin in uh school and was not very disciplined at it and uh but completely beautiful uh maybe i'll try to read some paul verlaine my uh Guitar player hero, named, changed his name to Tom Verlaine, and his name was Tom Miller, the guy from mm-hmm. television. Oh, cool. mm-hmm. but uh, I don't it's know. He's reading Richard Boyd's book, book, actually. Uh, yeah, I got to get more cause, more worldly, and maybe uh, read some Gertrude.
0: But you do like you're the Napoleon came up with the modern Italian flag, and the whole story behind that was used a tricolor like France, but he put green in because that's his favorite color.
2: is that all really that's why yeah really
0: it's serious like it's really that's why how he came up with it I thought it was like a folk tale but I looked it up many because you know these days every story is, uh, but I guess it's true.
2: That's so funny. (laughs) It's so good
0: that we could get you and everything and that we found time. It's always great to see you. I remember seeing you at the studio the one day you were just stopping in when you were a little closer to here, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, but once again, what are we going to play at the, I know we're going to have some tracks. We We're going to
3: play a couple of tracks. Uh, what, uh, what, what would you, uh,
2: yeah we can maybe do one kind of wistful floaty one and one kind of funny one okay
3: well i have How's I that have the uh, the pink panther that you sent me we can throw that on and and what is a? Uh, from, yep. so, uh, from your new album which, or or I can play a couple of tracks from the new album and
0: yeah we have no bound we we
3: have here. Have, or
2: i love that, yeah, so yeah. we can maybe play the pink panther that's from the take two from the cinema movie uh-huh. album. And then the garden is from the forthcoming album, Leaps and Bounds. Okay. And maybe we could do brown after that. That's kind of the funny one.
1: Sure, sure. Because <laughs> I was
2: inspired by all the different shades of brown that I saw in the wilderness, basically. So oh, I made it into this country thing.
0: We are so That's great. what I mean. That's oh, awesome it's just awesome you're all over the place i love it it's like <laughs> all <laughs> over the place <laughs> you know, i love it. like you know some band like some groups you go okay you get one album why should you even buy the next two? because it's going to be the same stuff <laughs> But check this out—it's Vicki Rumler online. You're on. But you want to get an autograph copy? Get a hold of her.
2: There you go. Please do, yeah. If you're visiting,
0: you can just bring it to Andy's studio. Otherwise, I'll order it. Save you the postage and save me the postage.
2: Okay. Yeah, I'm coming. I'm hoping to come sometime in the spring. So. so uh, put great. an
0: asterisk right now. The way they yes. are. Let's hope. Okay. Because <laughs> we're doing we're doing stuff from the studio still, but like Andy and I are very cautious. And we're just gonna see how you figure after New Year's Eve and the holidays, give it a couple weeks, see if it peaks and goes down.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crossing fingers, hope uh, hoping that things calm down soon, you know?
0: Yeah. No, but very cool. And thanks a lot for being here. And I'm glad we got you with the time change and everything. Thanks, Chaz.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, really good to meet you both. And uh
0: to meet you and thank you you. again
2: soon sometime i hope
0: oh obviously like remember i tried to get you you were walking out of the studio like you're not going anywhere come on come on the show right <laughs> no and you're always welcome and everything there's always interesting stuff we found on these shows i think we could go on for three hours but everybody you know, <laughs> yeah.
2: for sure yeah
0: <laughs> well she's also several hours ahead of us so she probably let her yeah go. <laughs> it's,
2: it's 11 it's 11 p.m it's about time to go out and hear some oh yeah and i know <laughs> i
0: think i sent you the link for this like it was like four in the morning your time because i forgot <laughs> i figure you're not gonna wake up you know it's
2: like... yeah no it's fine <laughs> <laughs> but cool, great. And, uh, Thank you I for having me.
0: Right, I just babble, so thanks. <laughs>
2: Je nous clote pas sur, sur <laughs> I'm such a parky
1: mountain <laughs> Brown
2: is the anti Turning color upside down No red nose on bucks and does Brown is fur and earth Brown, <laughs> <laughs> Brown Coffee and tea that warm and wake, a bit of liquor and cook and cake, squirrels, chestnuts, like bugs, and slugs, stuff that's burnt or stuck on rugs. Brown. Shingles, cow spots, branches, curry, teddy bear saying, Don't worry, patch of brown peeping out of the snow, fertile home where green can grow. Brown. Not
0: baby
2: <laughs> Oh, brown is the in a clown turning color upside down and no red nose on but set Rudolph Brown is for an earth. Brr- And goose, and and goose, and a and goose and platypus, a, and and platypus. a, and and platypus. a moose and goose and platypus. A, and goose and platypus, a moose and goose and platypus, a moose and goose and platypus, there uh, a moose and goose and platypus, a moose and goose and platypus, there a moose and goose and platypus, a moose and goose and platypus. Maybe you're. <that kötinhas> Melting pots are also brown, making sure the world goes round. A perfect blend of day and night. Brown is rich in life. Brown. brown. la 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 la. Brown. la 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 Brown. la 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 Brown, brown, brown. brown. brown brown is the yeah, in a cloud turning color upside down a no red nose on bucks and nose a brown is fur and earth 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 the brown <laughs>